Welcome to World Cafe. Hey, I'm Kaleo. There's an ongoing joke that Los Angeles is happy to welcome any starry-eyed dreamer into its collective, only to spit them out a few years later. But what about the people who were born and raised there? Folks who see a constantly shifting landscape, a never-ending cycle of development, destruction, and gentrification. Zahara's new album, Liminal Spaces, explores the way their Los Angeles neighborhood of Highland Park has grown and changed over the years, an influx of people looking to survive and or clout chase. I caught up with Zahara to talk about making liminal spaces. Over the pandemic, they learned how to use Ableton, a piece of music software that really upped their production ability, and you can hear the joy in Zahara's voice talking about it. I really dug this one. The L.A. scene is in good hands with up-and-comers like Zahara. So let's get into our session, starting with my favorite track from Liminal Spaces. This is Bulletproof on World Cafe. That song is called Bulletproof. It's from Zahara and their new album, Liminal Spaces. Zahara is my guest today on World Cafe. Hey, I'm Kaleo. First off, thanks for being here and congrats on the album. Thank you. And thanks for having me, guys. Of course. Um, You're in a couple of different groups, you know, playing in iDress's band. You and iDress have a duo together as the Simps. You know, with Liminal Spaces, your first solo album, when did you first start thinking, hey, I want to make my own record? I don't know. I've always been kind of like go with the flow. So like whatever I'm like, I've always recorded like music solo, but I've never like thought of releasing stuff like as a full album, you know, just like some singles here and there. But um, now I think like during the pandemic, I was offered like a record deal. So I was like, okay, fine, you know, like. Yeah, whenever I make music, I'm not really thinking of it album-wise, and I never really have before, but when I, you know, got offered that, I was like, okay, fine, like, let me see what I could put together as an album. So that's kind of, like, how that came about. Yeah, and you taught yourself Ableton, right? Or you you really dug into Ableton during the pandemic— how, what was that process like, learning music software and sort of taking that on? Because I feel like that could be just an awesome tool for discovery. Like you all of a sudden have so many more tricks, so to speak, to play with. Dude, when I opened Ableton, the first thing I said was, what the hell? Like, I was like, what is this, dude? And then I've like, you know, like I've learned like from people who have used Ableton that I've worked with, you know, little things that people will tell me here and there. But yeah, I think at first I was like, so like, I had Ableton when I was like younger, I had cracked it. I had FL and like garage band and stuff like that. But Ableton to me was like kind of alien. So I don't know. I think I just watched tutorials all of like pandemic. I would get just like stoned and then just watch tutorials and then like, download like kits and stuff like that and just try to make everything kind of sound like you know my favorite music type beat and um yeah it was really cool during the pandemic 
I also like spent like 4k on like plugins and I was just like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it like the way I want to, you know, like if, if I don't have access to a studio now, then like I can try to make it sound, you know, like I do in a weird way. So, so picking your production brain, what song has your favorite sound on liminal spaces? I would say they don't know. That was like my favorite because I chose the arpeggiator and then I was like pretty drunk because I came home from a party and like I was hitting like um like this crazy chord but then my finger slipped and like accidentally added my pinky and like I don't know I was recording it luckily so I got to catch that and I just looped it because I was like whoa that sounds so sick so it, it was one of those mistake songs with like the sound that I liked and the bass is fire. Like, I always wanted the SH, rolling SH synth. And I think I just used, like, the the cloud version plugin or whatever. And it just sounded so sick. All right, let's take a listen to a little bit of They Don't Know. It's Sahara on World Cafe. We're back on World Cafe with Sahara. The new album is called Liminal Spaces. Um, one of the things I read uh, in the press release for the album is that you said you were at a time in your life where you felt your hometown of Los Angeles was feeling small. And I was wondering if you could kind of expand on that a little bit. How, how in what ways were you experiencing it feeling small for you? It just feels so small to me because... I would spend so much time in a particular area where I was just like, okay, like I worked in Glendale, like I went to community college in Glendale. I went to my university in like Cal State, like in East LA, like I was, and I lived in Highland Park. So I'd walk everywhere and like go to Eagle Rock. I think just the Northeast side just like felt so like familiar to me. I'm like, dude, I've been to that place like a million times with the same people or different people and like and everything seems familiar but so unfamiliar because of like the gentrification that has happened over the years so i'm just like whoa it's just like a i don't know nothing feels like the same or it feels all the same but not the same at the same time i don't know how to no i can i completely get it and i completely understand that feeling of you know people who haven't lived in la go it's huge right but if you want to get out of your pocket, you you have to spend an hour driving if you got a car, if you have that luxury, just to get a few miles outside of your zone. And then that becomes such a huge hassle. You're like, nope, this is my scene. And that scene can get small really, really quick. Yeah, definitely. Like even the people in the scene, like I'm like, oh, like my friends, like, do you know this person? I'm like, yeah, dude, like I knew them when I was like 18. <laughs> <laughs> so what so what type of so when you're writing liminal spaces like because I'm thinking about liminal being you know sort of in between straddling a line what what were you thinking about how does how does LA fit 
into that story for you? I don't know. A lot of things feel like a memory of like nostalgia. And I feel like, you know, I have one foot forward and then one foot behind, like in the past sometimes, like, you know, I could be somewhere and I'm like, oh, like this is a place that I, you know, been like going to since I was like eight or this is the place that I took like my first date. And then like now I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the place that I'm taking my girlfriend. It all like lives together in like a weird way, you know, even like seating too. like if I go somewhere and I get seated in the same table, I'm like, oh, like this is like kind of like, you know, it'll spark a memory. And I'm like, when what ways am I different from now to then and what ways am I? am I the same? It just had me like thinking like, you know, a lot about my life. And I think that's, you know, as I'm older now, like I do a lot of like, like self-reflection. So I think, yeah, that's what like liminal space is like, you know, that's where it came from in my head. Yeah. You mentioned gentrification. I, you know, how is Highland Park, the neighborhood you grew up in? I imagine that has changed a lot. Uh, since your childhood to to being an adult, right? Yeah, a lot. Does that tie in at all to uh, the song Get Out of L.A.? Yeah, because I think I wrote that song about, like, I would work with people who were, like, aspiring to be musicians, just, like, so many, like, different people. And I think that I just felt so, like, annoyed, like, hearing the banter of somebody who's, like, eager to rise, but, like, doing the things that I feel, like, are morally weird just like talking about like how all the time and like what people to hang out with and like seeing it through my perspective and like how long I've lived in the city I'm just like oh like I hear it so much that it's just kind of like a broken record let's check it out it's Sahara with get out of LA on world cafe We're back. I'm World Cafe with Sahara. The new album is called Liminal Spaces. It's available now. You said something very thoughtful in your bio about how when you were starting work on this record that you were dealing with um, depression and that it was nice. It was a relief to be able to write about instances of insecurity or longing or heartbreak. Can you shed a little bit more light on that? Because I imagine if you were thinking about it, it would be really tough to write about those subjects. Yeah, um, definitely. I think, yeah, like mental health for me has always been like one of those things that I've like struggled with, like mainly like depression and stuff like that. And I, I don't know, like, I think like growing up more, I've had time to reflect and I feel like you can say, like, you're depressed, like, oh, I'm depressed, and, like, it's hard to get up, it's hard to do this, it's hard to do that, but then, like, I kind of thought of it in a way, like, oh, like, wait, what if if I'm just laying here all day and, like, not doing nothing, like, I'm just, like, gonna sink, like, more, I have to do something that is going to, like, help me, so I think during writing Liminal Spaces, 
it just made it easier to talk about it because I was like actively like getting help, like therapy and like um, reading a lot and exercising, like doing all the things to make myself like feel better. Like, I don't know, sometimes I feel like depression comes in waves, you know, and it comes and goes and stuff like that. So like, I don't think I'll ever fully be cured of like being depressed because it's just something that's part of life just as like this is also a part of life so i don't know i feel like having the ability to be able to write about it makes it feel like better and to be able to share it with people who might feel the same so depression does help fuel the music but it does like you know make it feel better at the end of the day so you get some you get you get therapeutic benefits out of writing the songs while you're going through it yeah, definitely. I think writing the lyrics feels exhausting, but making all the melodies, like, I guess that's what, like, brings me, like, joy and, like, happiness. When you're making something and you can, like, put it on loop and it, like, makes you feel like a feeling, I'm like, oh, man, this is sick. Like, you know, you just want to listen to it all day. So it's just, you're like, this is the vibe that I, like, created. So I don't even know. And it's beautiful. Are you the type of person who prefers to write a happy song or a sad song? Do you have a preference? I don't know. I recently like made a like they don't know is like upbeat, but the lyrics are sad. So it's just like I want to write a happy melody, but with like sad lyrics. You know that that thing that just like it like make it pumps you up, but then when you hear like the chorus or the verse, you're just like, oh, like <laughs> definitely. We're here on the World Cafe. We're hanging out with Zahara. The debut solo album is called Liminal Spaces. It is out now. Okay, I have to ask you about something I saw on your Instagram page, and I don't know how how responsible you are for this if you were one hand of it. Who is Lil Boba? Oh, dude. <laughs> that's, that's like my alter ego. That's, that's who I like. <laughs> that's like a bad alter ego i don't even know that's like my rap persona you i i it was such a i was like wow what is this artwork and i clicked on it and yeah definitely not what you might hear on your solo album (laughs) without giving it too much space what were you thinking about what or why did you want to do that was that just a fun thing or was that just stretching your production muscles uh yeah it's a fun thing it's kind of something that i want to do in the future not like me personally as little boba but i do want to write like rap lyrics one day like for like i don't know i i don't really show my persona a lot on like the gram and stuff like that but i don't know i've always been a partier i've always gone out i've always like you know i'm i'm not really like that as much anymore but like during my earlier 20s i was definitely partying and doing all sorts of stuff and uh, i think it and i like a lot of rap music so i don't know like i want to be a songwriter one or write on a song for like a rapper one day and stuff like that and that's kind of like how my little boba lyrics are so funny and you know i'll play them in the car every once in a while or like the little boba tracks and stuff like that and people just crack up but like i honestly like yeah 
if any rapper would want to have me in a studio <laughs> session, want me to write the lyrics or like the melody, I'd be so down. I know I could come up with a banger. I think, like I said, it was surprising just based on having spent time with uh, I Dress and with your solo album to get to that. But that's impressive. I, I put the, put that call out there because I was like, that slaps. <laughs> so one last thing I want to ask about before we before we wrap up shop, which is before you really got into your music career, you worked in mental health, and we talked about this a l- or mental health a little bit. What was that experience like for you working to provide it? Um. Well, so. When I was, like, going to school, I was going to school for speech-language pathology. Like, that's what I got my degree in. And I, at first, I took care of old people, which was cool. I really liked that. And um, then I was, like, I got offered a job as, um, basically, I would take care of people who had mental health problems. But then they also had, like, multiple disabilities going on at the same time. And, I don't know, to me, it was, like, shocking like how these people are treated and like how little care there is and like my coworkers, like I'm just like oh my god bro you're not supposed to be doing that on the clock like just like stuff that I've seen and you know I it was an experience for sure and it and it made me like think like I love helping people and I love doing all this but like I like I don't know if it's for me, you know? It's a, it's a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot out of you. It was just like surprising and kind of depressing, but like also like there was cool moments with some of my like clients and stuff like that. Like I had this client and like he, uh, he had like Alzheimer's and like um, he lived in like, like on Melrose and we would just hang out on Melrose all day. That was like super sick. And I don't know that, I, yeah, some of it was like cool experiences, like with some of my clients, and I don't know. It's just something that you'll never forget. I feel like I like learned a lot, and like, I mean, it it strikes me as you, you you know you need a lot of empathy, and I was thinking about how that might relate back to some of your like songwriting and lyricism, and like you know a song like it will get better, sort of displaying your like empathy and caring you know, in, in a way in lyrics that, you know, people can really gravitate to. Can you tell me a little bit about how that song came to be? At that time, I was dating, like, someone who was, like, a sex worker, and I wasn't really getting by because it was, like, pandemic, and I didn't really have a job, but I, I don't know, I just got by, basically. And I remember, like, thinking like oh man like this like like my situation like sucks really bad and like I wish I was like you know I'm not like a nepotism baby I'm not like somebody who was walked into the industry I'm not like any of those things and like living in LA I kind of realized that like oh like I'm not like a lot of my friends that are in the music industry and stuff like that and yeah and uh, I don't know, when I was dating my girlfriend, like I was seeing the things that we had to do to like get by and it just like kind of like made me feel bad. And then I have friends too that also have to do like they don't want to do to get by. And I think that's what made me write. It will get better. You know, in, in the song, I say like people like you 
and people like me work night and day to make dreams come true. Cause I'm like, yeah, dude, like we literally have to do like all the odd stuff to like try and like, you know, stay afloat to do the things that we love, you know? And like, I'm just like, hopefully one day it'll get better. You know, (laughs) that's like the concept behind that. But I want to throw a little bit like positivity into the things, you know, I think, I think it can get better. It doesn't always get better, but it can get better. And in this song, it will get better. Let's take a listen to it right now. It's Sahara on World Cafe. It's Zahara on World Cafe. That is, it will get better. It's the closing track to Zahara's debut album, which is called Liminal Spaces. It is out now. Zahara, it was such a pleasure to talk. Thank you so much for taking the time. Congrats on the debut album. I look forward to to your new music and your eventual rap masterpiece. Come back and see us again, okay? Thank you so much. Peace out, guys. You got it. That's Zahara. We're back in a minute on World Cafe.